Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? gibberish or do you really know what you're talking about well i've never watched this story before and i can honestly say i'll never watch it again not one of your faves then no no um no i in fact i'm 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 so unimpressed by it i was considering um us starting up that uh, thing i I mentioned before when we watched the god awful one it was dealt on the bannerman or something like that um Shall we start naming our bottom three as well as our top ten, you know? because yeah, um, we had one the other... What was the one that we had a, a while back, didn't we? A couple of weeks back, we said that's the worst one we've watched. Well, I'll, I'll dig out my notebooks uh, yeah. as we go. And, and, yeah, consider that as, as, you, uh, as you ruminate over this. Yeah. This, is, this was weird, though, because I, I've not watched it since it came out on <coughs> DVD. And I obviously wasn't paying much attention then. And um, I I didn't remember it being this bad. It, it, you know, I, I, there's not I don't think there's one aspect of this entire production that impresses. This is very odd that you say that because last week we were saying about when you first watched uh, the mysterious planet you hated yeah. the music but now you don't yeah. find it too bad because there's been worse since. Well, has there been worse since, you know, Dragonfire in the new Who, or what? I mean, I think we should consider this, Ian, that we yeah. <coughs> put I, in a list up. I can't, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of any, I know there's some, like, new Who episodes that are widely regarded as bad, like um, Fear Her and Love and Monsters, um, but I don't think they're, they're as bad as this in that, they sort of work as a program. It might be not what you want to watch, but they're sort of competently put together. All right. Well, I don't even, I don't even think this is competently put together. Well, we'll consider all this, you know, yeah. as we go through it, and then at the end, I think we should, yeah, I, I, I think we should start it. I think we should start a bottom three. Yeah, I think that's right? probably a good idea. Okay, and I'll remind you the of the yeah see. the duff ones when we get to the end of this. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right, so um, yeah, well, let's crack on and let's uh, let's look at it. Um, as I say, never seen it before. Um, I knew as soon as you said, you know, the aliens reference. Yeah. I knew what you were uh, alluding to. It's the dragon, isn't it? Yes. And 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 I know I know there's a story called Dragonfire, and I know that there's an aliens alien stroke aliens ripoff uh, monster with a big head. So I knew what you were talking about, but. Apart from that, until I saw Kane, when I saw oh, Kane with his Kane spiky movie? hat, it's like, right, his face is going to melt at the end of this in a oh. really bad way. So I must have seen that in a clip. Or maybe it was a documentary about, you know, sometimes when Doctor Who <coughs> goes a bit too yeah. far and upsets people or something like that. So I've seen his brief yeah. death before. Well, this, this, is, um, this is a story that 
is is uh, certainly at the time. I don't know what fandom's view of it is now, but at the time it was regarded as the sort of the quality story from this season, which is a bit ironic, isn't it? Mm. Um, because you had you had like um, Time and Arani, which was just. I, in fact, I think that was the one we said this was the worst story ever. All right, so I'll it? make a Time note of that. Arani. Time and yes. Arani could be one of yeah. mine, yes. Yeah, um, then you had Paradise Towers, which had a, a, a fairly okay basic script, but was let down by, uh, which this one is let down as well by, a comic overacting mm. um, by Richard Bryars. Do you remember Richard Bryars as the caretaker? I never saw it, but I know he's, he's a comedy Hitler or something. Yes. Yeah, not even, not even. I found him funny at the time because I... But it's not. You can't watch it with a straight face. It's not. It's not meant to be serious. Then you had. Um, ooh, what was the? What was the next one in this? It wasn't Happiness Patrol, was it? That was. I don't know. Been Happiness Patrol, which, which you know, I think is okay regarded. And then this one was like people went, oh, excellent! It's, it's back on track after a, a slightly dodgy season. I'll, I'll go so far as to say I think this season, season twenty-four, is the worst whole season of Doc 2 as well. All right. Okay. I think that'll go down as my vote. All right. Well, it's, I, I don't think our listener is going to be too shocked by the things we're going to have to say then no. after, after that opening statement for you. Perhaps we can dig out something enjoyable. Let's find a nugget, shall we? Yeah. Let's see if we can find a nugget. Well, let's start then. And yeah. uh, we start with old McLaren from Porridge. We don't do, we? Yeah. yeah. Old Tony Osper. Yeah. yeah. Um, who is playing it? I mean... It's, uh, he's playing it seriously, and um, oh, what's her name? Patricia, the, the lady that played Magenta in um, Rocky Horror. What's her name? She, she's in this as well. She's the yeah. red-haired lady, isn't she? Yeah. She, they're both playing it absolutely seriously. Yep. And I, I just wonder what happened when they got on set and just saw how stupid it was and how everyone else is just taking the mick, um, doing children's BBC acting. Um, because that, perhaps that's we can bring out two, two good points about this is Tony Asoba is always good, and he's good in this, but totally wasted. Um, and is it Patricia Quinn? I, do, I can't. Sorry, I, do, I can't remember. Her name, I don't know. She's okay in it. She's she's acting okay. Um, weirdly, I remembered it that the guy playing Kane and the Kane character was a great performance. It's like oh back to a good he's rubbish mm. it's like a subpar Mr Freeze yeah I mean he's he's got a nice face he's got a good yeah, face yeah. He, he's got the old Marcus Sherman about him and, and yeah. like Marcus Sherman I can see this guy as an Imperial officer in yeah. Star Wars he looks okay in this sort of Imperial German uniform doesn't he so I can see him in that yeah I can see him as an Admiral yes yeah in yeah. Star Wars I yeah, yeah, the uniforms are all right, but those hats... Hats yeah, are stupid, yeah. You know, the World War One piked, uh, spiked hat. And, yeah, Tony Osborne doesn't look good in that at no. all. No. Um, and we immediately get... We're thrust into um, bad acting, aren't we? Oh. The, the crew of... the Who we find out of the crew of the Nosferatu. The, whoever this lead guy who they've chosen... You, you, mate, you can do all the lines. He is terrible. This, I... As I say, I've never seen this before, so I'm scribbling like mad. I've got tall one on the end I recognise, and he can't act. He is. He's awful. He can't yeah. act. He does this stupid little pratfall thing. 
uh, where he puts his hand in what we find out is liquid yeah. nitrogen. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're all going to be. They've been bought by Kane. Seventeen crowns each, I've put, and yes. they're going to be frozen to be then thawed out to be his mercenaries. Um, yeah. So, 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 yeah, we, we're on, we're on Ice World, um, and we we know that this guy Kane is wanting to build up an army, but keep him on in deep freeze. Why? Yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure why. Especially because later he says, um, when the doctor says, you know, deep freeze wipes the human mind or whatever. And it's like, what? Mm. what you, so you, you're, you're getting all these soldiers ready. You're going to put them in the deep freeze. By the time you get them out, they're going to be useless. Well, these Shumbling about. Yeah, these mercenaries go in there for, what, a day? And they come out yeah. and they've t- been turned into zombies. zombies. Yeah, yeah, they're brain dead. Um and then we get a classic. So it's like he, uh, yeah, he he stumbles, um, but then he manages to get hold of a gun and he runs off into the restricted zone. And it's like, oh, oh dear. And then it's like, if it's the restricted zone, perhaps keep the door locked. And it is just a door between that yeah. place and the restricted yeah. zone. There's no Logan's Run going down a few levels or anything no, like that. No. It's next door. There's not, there's not even a toilet bolt on the door, is there, to stop anyone? Right. No, uh, it's, it's, it's terrible. So yeah, he runs into, he runs into the in, inverted commas the restricted, restricted zone, no. which is which is Kane's bedroom, presumably. And um, we, yeah, we, so we we meet Kane, our main villain. Oh, but before we meet Kane, we meet a guy who's trying to oh, sculpt. Oh yes, this is hilarious because this is. This is where you should have the flexibility to change a script based on what happens on the day in the studio. Because there, there's lines in this script about where this sculptor guy is a towering, in he's Da Vinci style, <laughs> and he's he's done a, a sculpture of of uh, Mr. Freeze's um, wife. Because this is all Batman stuff, um, and and Kane is looking at it going. It's uncanny. It's like she's in the She was a Muppet, was she? I think she's she got looked a, like she's that. She's got really. a cloth face. Yeah, oh, do you reckon? Dear. Yeah. But when we it's see awful. him... awful. Well, we have this close-up of him, you know, halfway through yeah. sculpting, and it's just plastic bags. Yeah, it's just this this whole ice planet. As soon as they say... As soon as the writer says, I, I'm going to set my story on a, on a world that's ice, sand, anything that you can't do in a studio they should go yeah we're not doing that because this is terrible all the ice in this is uh, is represented by old like carrier bags stapled up and a lot of polystyrene a lot of polystyrene dust which is it's fun actually that's one thing you can enjoy in this episode is is sort of look out for the times when the polystyrene balls static onto yes. the actors yes that's you can see it clinging to yeah. their clothes can't you yeah yeah. yeah, oh dear, oh dear. Yeah, so yeah, he, he he has a rubbish falling over for no reason. This plank of wood, yeah. he falls over oh, for yeah, absolutely no reason, yeah. dropping his gun for no reason. Which it, yeah, and for some reason there's just barrels of of nitrous oxide. Yes. Not, yeah. No liquid nitrogen. Liquid nitrogen. Sorry, yeah, I was thinking of Mad Max. You slipped into Mad Maxing yeah. character then, I didn't did, you? Yeah, yeah. I, was, I went to a happy place. Yeah, <laughs> happier than this. Um, yeah, yeah. He rubbishly drops his gun in another yeah. open fish tank of liquid nitrogen, and then Kane picks it out, crumbles the gun, and then kills the plank. So at yes. least he's gone. 
yeah, he's he's gone and dead. So it's like, oh, uh, and you know when we were doing um, pyramids, pyramids of Mars, and we said when when uh, you know Sutek gives this gift of death, and the smoke comes out, and it's yeah. really well done. This is the exact opposite in it because he he grabs him on the cheeks of his face, and then the smoke starts coming out of his uh, lapels. Yeah, and it's like, oh, this is how not to do it. It is rubbish. Everything I've seen so far is rubbish. Yes. And I've written down all... And th this is just after Then Kills the Plank. I've put all this two minutes 45 since the titles started. Wow. So th it's barely been on screen and already I'm not impressed on multiple levels. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we've already been let down by the acting, the sets and the script. Yes. So th things can only go up, can't they? Well, unfortunately, we cut to Mel um, and the Doctor in the TARDIS, looking at Ice World. Yes. So I think the planet's called Svartos. Something like that. Yeah. But yeah, Ice World, which is, considering this is, we learn for some bizarre reason, again, I got a feeling of script um, changes or banging two scripts together. So Svartos, not only is it the prison that we find out for this uh, Kane character. It's also a, a BGM freezer centre. Uh. It's a shopping centre. Um, an ice world is dangerously close to Iceland, isn't it? It is. Well, BGMs became mm. Iceland, didn't they? They did, yes. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah they were renamed. Um, I, because I'd never seen it before, I don't realise that this ice world is actually a spaceship. So the next thing I've yes. put is Either those buildings are huge, or the planet yeah, is or really a small, small planet. planet. Yeah. yeah, it's like almost like in in the Clangers, the moon is tiny, isn't it? You know. Yes. Oh, it's yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely Clanger size, isn't it? Yes. Um, yeah. It would have been better if the Clangers would have been there, actually. Uh, yeah, this is um, this one of the few times where the, the Seventh Doctor isn't hasn't got some Machiavellian plan going on, and it, it's quite refreshing that he's. He ju he's just interested. He wants to have a look. He wants to see. Yeah, what there's this... a signal, isn't yeah. there? He's picked yeah. up a signal or something. And, but he also knows there's. He's heard of this place, and he knows yeah. there's a mystery of a dragon. So he just yes. wants to see if, Which I, if it's I, real. I quite like that. I, I quite like the idea that the doctor would just go somewhere because yeah, he's he's interested. Yeah. There's no great plan. There's no thing. I th I reckon he needs to stock up on um, some freezer goods. Some fish fingers and stuff. Well, I've next written, Oh, good God, it's B-Jams. Then, Oh, yeah. good oh, God. Yeah, yeah. yeah, then, Oh, good well. God, those aliens. Oh, yeah, so we uh, we hit the... So the, the TARDIS... Well, the, the, it, we cut to this B-Jam freezer centre. And it literally is B-Jam. They've got the B-Jam fridges and everything. The well, they're chest freezers. chest freezers. When did you last yeah. go shopping and get something out of a chest freezer? I mean, I can't remember the last time I went anywhere near a... Ch I, ch I, I'm well, presumed... Iceland. <laughs> well, I don't go in Iceland, though. So, oh, okay. Yeah, Iceland still have them, amazingly. Um, the, other, the other sort of weird thing is something you should never, ever see in an episode of Doctor Who is a stack of shopping baskets. Yes. Um, I don't know whether these, these translate outside of the UK. I'm trying to think if I've ever seen them in like, American stores. No, I don't... I'm not sure. But yeah, hand handheld shopping baskets. There's no. a stack of them, and it's it's just it's so mundane. It's that's mundane. Yeah. You know the fact that they've got Ice World plastic carrier bags. You carrier know. bags, yeah. Ugh. But I thought you were going to yeah. say that something you should never show was going to be some brat in a party dress. 
Because oh, then, yes. yeah. is that girl, are, are they channeling old Bonnie Langford in Just William? Because she's got the curls and everything, hasn't she? Oh, I never thought about that. It could be. It could be a, a Mickey take of her. Yeah. Because one she's of the big Violet things... Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one of the big things that was asked at the time was like, why, was there, why is there so much emphasis on this girl? Who is she meant to be? Oh, Where really? Pe- even people, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, uh, there's probably a big finish about her. Um, people were sort of going, yeah, you're going, oh, is, is she meant to be important? Is she coming back? Is she, is she uh, like, Fenric? Is she... Oh, yeah, there was people all over. Oh, I think no. it's just, it's pure padding, isn't it? I got the feeling this... I wouldn't be surprised if this turned out to be one of, the, like, the producer's kids. Or a niece or something. Yeah, well, yeah. Given, given that the producers were J&T and Gary Downey at the time... <laughs> Perhaps niece is no. <laughs> more realistic, um, and then yeah. So we, so we, we're sort of we're shocked into this. We've got subpar um, cantina aliens. Oh no, but we're the not in the cantina. Were pretty subpar. We're not in the cantina yet, though. We're going around B jams, no, and you've got aliens yeah. in B jams. You've got that brat in a party. Aliens dress. shopping, yeah. Aliens shopping, yeah, but yeah, kid. yeah. Then we get out, go into the show's yeah. version of the Mars Isley Cantina, except it looks like a yeah. cafe. It's a cafe. It's a greasy spoon, isn't it? Yep. Um, for some reason, the 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 sweet shop owner from Willy Wonka is behind the bar. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. Um, and uh, sat there, we we see um, we see glitz. Yes. Yes. Um, and he's introduced in the most mundane. He's sat in a cafe board. Yes. Um, which is probably, I suppose, about right for glitz. But we also get a glimpse of. Uh, what is going to be our new companion? Yes, the waitress in the waitress, background yeah. is Ace. Yes. Um, Are you? Do you mean she's Ace as a name, or Ace as she's really good? No, that's her name. All right. Oh, okay. okay. Just getting that. Yeah. Just getting that down. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and yeah, Mel and the Doctor just so happen to sit right next to Glitz, don't they? Yes. Well, they hear him him complaining about. I can't. Remember, is he complaining about the bill? He's complaining about something, any with with Ace or whatever, yeah. and um, yeah, Mel goes, Glitz! Yes. Um, I do like, they, they they finally sort of acknowledge that this is meant to be Doctor Who, and Glitz goes, you're not the Doctor. And, uh, and all the fan base went, we've been saying that for the last two stories. Now, Mel recognises Glitz, so yes. you, you've told me that at the end of Trial of a Time Lord, Glitz comes back, so is that where yes. Mel meets Glitz then? Yes, yes, so right. it's, it's a bit of a, a mess, and there's reference to it in the Doctor's final speech to Mel, in that they bring Mel back, and she meet, she knows the Doctor already, but the Doctor hasn't met her yet. So they, the, ty- they, the Time Lords pull her out of time, and this version of Mel, he, he's never met her yet. It's, ah. a, it's an absolute mess. I believe Big Finish have done a story where Colin Baker finally goes back and meets her, but... That wasn't shown on telly, so we don't have to. Acknowledge. It's not canon, then, right? No, okay. it's not canon. So, so she's met Glitz, and Glitz has only met Colin Baker's doctor, right? Which is why he doesn't recognise Sylvester McCoy. All right, okay. Well, we find out from Glitz that you know he's diddled Kane and traded uh, his crew. That, uh, as you yes. say, the people at the beginning are his crew. Um, and he's got no money, so they're going to confiscate his ship, the Nosferatu. Yes. All right. And we also learn from this... Which bears no 
no basis on anything that in fact it's called Nosferatu. Doesn't look like a bat to me. No. Doesn't oh, it look... looks looks like the London to me. But ah, interesting. You should say that because yes, I have a little bit snippet of information that I think you're going to be interested in right. about that when we see that when we see Dra the ship. And also, Dracula did come to London. And he did. Nosferatu is a, is was originally Dracula, so yes. perhaps it is all connected. Yes, and you know this ship is on the dark side of the planet. True. Yeah. True. Mm, mm, yeah. mm. No, I, I think we're clutching at straws. We <laughs> are. We are. Yeah. So we learn from Ace about the dragon who lives down below, which is why they're there. Yes. And I've written my first uh, exclamation here when she goes Ace. Oh, yeah. Now Sophie Aldred was I think 26 27 yeah and she's playing a 16 year old right yeah. now I work at a girls school right I'm surrounded by 16 year olds nobody but nobody acts like this now and I'm sure they didn't back in the 80s they certainly didn't in the 70s when I was at school this is some grown-up man's idea of how a 16 year old I... would act I, I would imagine, because I can't remember whether Ian Briggs wrote the character originally or whether it was inserted into his script, but I know J&T had a huge input on the character. So I imagine this is a this is what a middle-aged BBC producer thinks is a teenager. Yeah, that's what um, I'm saying. But she's, weirdly though, although she's meant to be 16, she's playing it as if she's about eight it's not good. It's, um, no, it's, and, and I'm sorry, Sophie Aldred, you know, I, I've, I've met her, I've seen her in real life, you know, I've been to conventions, she comes across as an absolutely lovely person, but certainly at this point in Doctor Who, she can't act. No. She, still, she was in Corners, wasn't she, which was a, yes. aimed, at, aimed at, like, preschoolers and yeah, things. Toddlers. And this is how she's, yeah, this is how she's acting, so I don't necessarily blame her, but I do blame the production crew for going... Yeah, this is good enough. Yeah, mm, it was a bit of a surprise. I mean, I only know really know her. I mean, I, I know we've done you know um, uh, uh, Battlefield Fenric and stuff like that, and Curse of Fenric, ones that I haven't seen for yeah. a very very long time. But you know, I I mainly know her from uh, the Dalek, the Sylvester McCoy Dalek yes. one, and you know she's all right in that. But um, but oh god, you know she's not good, not good. I think in that she's annoying, but. I think she's meant to be annoying. In this, I don't think she's meant to be annoying. I think they're expecting the viewer to go, well, this interesting 16-year-old girl who's very with it and probably, you know, goes to the coffee houses with the other hep cats. I, I want to see what happens to her. But all I could think of was, oh, God, this is... We finally... This is it. We finally hit a story which is pure CBBC, isn't it? Yes. We often say it veers dangerously close. I could see this being shown at three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. To to preschoolers or possibly, you know, six seven year olds. I mean, we're going. Oh. I mean, we we've got a glove puppet sitting across the cafe in the lap of that fish man. I mean, it is yeah. CBBS, isn't it? It's awful. Did you know the the uh, two things about that little glove puppet. Number one, when Sylvester McGo McCoy goes across and it snaps at him, that was yeah. improvised. Oh, you don't surprise me. A lot uh -huh. of the stuff Sylvester McCoy does in this is improvised by the look of it. Yeah. Um, 
and it's all awful. Yep, and I personally take it awfully that uh, they nicknamed that little glove puppet thing Eric. Really? Yeah, he was called Eric. Mm. Do you remember Flat Eric? Yes, I do. Yes. Yeah. That wasn't a proud <laughs> moment for me either, you know? No. Oh, dear. It's a cross-eyed bear. I, yeah, yeah, a smaller side before we move on, right? Can you think of any Eric, right, throughout history or anything, you know, that wasn't comedic or lightweight? Can you think of any anyone that was noble when you would look up to them or anything like that called Eric? Oh, like, because when you, when you started saying that, I thought, well, there's Eric Idle, and then you went comedic. Like, oh, yeah, comedic. Okay. Eric Morecambe, yeah, com comedic, you know. Morecambe. Eric um, the Red. Yeah. Terrible Eric film. The Eric the Viking. Eric the Half a Bee. Eric the yeah. Half a Bee. Um, Banana Man, he was called yeah. Eric. Yeah, you're yeah. right. It is a comedy name, isn't it? It's a comedy it? name. Yeah, it's a cross I've had to bear, you know. And now to is find been, out a bloody glove a, puppet. Yeah, glove puppet. Has <laughs> there been any, um, any, like real people called Eric that have changed the world. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You don't get Eric Churchill or anything no. like that, do you? You know? I'm gonna have to I'm gonna I'm gonna do a Google search after this and find a good Eric for A you. good Eric. Yes, listener, if you can yeah. think of a good Eric Yeah. I'm enjoying this. Yeah, I'm enjoying yeah. this because we're not talking or, about Dragonfire. Or a, a flat faced puppet. Puppet, yeah. And yeah, I, I would rather have flat Eric than this Eric. Um, so, yeah, alright, so um, we've got Ace's Rebellion, the chucking around of the milkshakes and what have you. Yes, yeah, she calls, um, she calls uh, uh, Glitz a male chauvinist bilge bag. Yeah. Oh, what were they thinking? Uh, yeah, because the, the Glitz and the Doctor weirdly say, well, I, not weirdly, he says... They're gonna go. He's gonna go off with Glitz on this adventure themselves, and the two girls should stay behind. I don't think it's because it's too dangerous. I just think they don't want to go with them because at this point they're both awful. Ace and Mel together. And oh Mel. dear. You can I... you can visibly see in this story that uh, uh, that Bonnie Langford has given up. Yes. Oh, just it's unbelievable. It's like she looks bored throughout. Yep. Yeah. Um, even a even a leaving scene, it's like that was the best take you had. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, we get we we get to see that Ace has a temper problem. Mm -hmm. uh, is childish. Um, has anger issues. Doesn't get treat authority well, and all these things they're writing in as if to say this is ideal companion. Yeah. Father. Mm. No. No, no, no. Um, I mean, they, the two of them go back to her room and we find out she's from Perivale. Yes. Um, do yeah. you ever think of anything when you hear the word Perivale? I know I do. Uh, Perivale. I, I think of uh, Peris Magnificent Vale. But um, <laughs> no, I, I, I only know Perivale. I mean, I've driven through it. I used to, you know, used to drive through it when I was delivering furniture. Um, but other than that, no, I, I just think of it as where Ace comes from. No, I always think of it um, from my cinema days. That's where films were returned to. They were returned to Perivale. Yes, right, yeah. um, unless they, it was on crossover, going to another cinema. If yeah, you were then, finished with a print, it was sent back to these massive yes. warehouses at Perivale. So You're right, yes. Yeah, because I always dreaded being the one to have to send it to Perivale. Um because we used to, I don't know whether we used to do this, but we used to have to hire taxes to take the films. 
No, really? Yeah, we, we would hire taxis to take it to like a local shipping place or a coach station. And then you had to have to like bribe the coach guy to make sure it got on. Oh, it's horribly torturous. No, no, we um, didn't have anything yeah. like that at all. Did you not? No, oh. we had to do that. It was awful. No, oh. well, we didn't have the budget you had, obviously. No, no, no. Yeah. So, um,. In this room, we find yes. out that she's from Perivale. We also find yeah. out that she came there via a time storm when some yeah. gel- a gelignite experiment well, this, went this wrong. Is, yeah, so we continue with the, do you really think this is a good idea? And I'm, and I'm not saying this because I'm like an old fuddy-duddy or anything like that. So this, this is a 16-year-old girl that plays with explosives and sees nothing wrong with blowing things up so she blows up her uh, art class because they didn't think she was very good at art and and this is all written in a way as if the aud- with the aud- the kids in the audience are meant to go yeah go on I, I it's just it 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 smacks of um of being poor taste poor choices now um but yeah she she supposedly whipped together some uh, Nitro 9 that went wrong and created a time storm and ended up here but coincidentally also she's got that Mary Sue thing of she always knew she wasn't her yeah. her parents kid and that she believed she'd look up at the stars and believe that she was actually more important than this which you know that's why Mary Sue characters are so popular isn't it because this is a, a, a standard thing for kids it's the Luke Skywalker thing yeah you know that I my life sucks, but it might not be my fault. It might be because I'm actually meant for better a wizard. things. Yeah, yeah, and and you know I need to go to wizarding school. Um, but of course this was all written as just uh, almost. I I got a feeling it was written to see how how far they would let this nonsense go. Do you think that's why she's yeah. called Dorothy? Because that's yeah, oh, yeah, you know it, Vars, yeah. yeah the storm yeah. plump plump. Plumps yeah. her down, so that's why she's called Dorothy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they eventually um, reset it in Curse of Fenric. Curse of Fenric, and, don't yeah. they? But uh, no, that wasn't in their minds. Now this is just it's just shitty writing, to be honest. <laughs> this is so, someone. Th- this is this is the sort of crap I used to write when I was sort of sixteen, seventeen, where you would think it was a work of genius <laughs> because you've you know you've taken scenes from. Films you like and blah blah, and this is all this is. Yeah. Yeah, it's the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Um, the next thing I've got written down is Ace as she blows up a door, right? Yes. Now I've also written, where is this place? How did they get there? What was that all about? So, this is a this is a Jam shopping centre, also a tourist hotspot. So. It's also a trading hub. It's a lot of things, isn't it? Again, yeah. muzzle description. But yeah, ice, ice has blocked the uh, the entryway to one of the hangar uh, hangar decks. Oh, is that what it was? That's what because if you because there's these increasingly comedic um, loudspeaker announcements where they're saying, "Would the maintenance crew report to hangar deck?" Blah blah blah. Please report if you can find it, and it just it goes beyond being amusing because it just goes on and on. And yeah, it, the the hang the hangar deck is cut off because of an ice blockage. Okay, all right. Um, but but yeah, she sticks two 
underarm deodorant cans to the door, and this clears all the ice. Yep, immediately. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And then I think we get the first wicked. Oh. oh. No. Oh. Right. Kane oh. um, takes a shine to Ace. He wants yes. he wants her to be a mercenary for him. All right. And he's trying to hypnotise her and trying to get her to take his golden sovereign. Right. Which will give her yeah. the mark of Cain. I don't understand but, uh, this marking on your hand. In what way? No, I. Well, it's because um, it's because the writer of a sin raised a lost ark in it, so we get later on the uh, Belloc's face melting, mm. Dietrich. Um, and this is the oh, it's a great shot in it when Tote lifts up his hand and he's got the coin imprinted on his. He's got the. The, the Staff of Ra amulet imprinted on his hand. Is, is that and all I think it that's, is? I think that's as simple as what it is. What's weird is later on the Doctor in in a scene that I'm sure is is out of order the, the Doctor says to the red-headed woman he goes, you've got the mark of Cain on you Yes. I don't think you can ever pay it back what, what legal system is uh, is with is, is sort of doing this so the implication is, as soon as Ain picks up Ace picks up the coin, he will like own her, he'll yes. own her soul. Why? Yeah, well, that's what. All I'm she's got to do is pick it up. Go, yeah, I'm not honouring this, you twat. Yeah. See, I I got the inference from Mel up on that gantry screaming, "No, no, yeah. don't do it!" That there was some sort of magical. It was like the curse of the black spot or something like that. Yeah. You touch that and you're but marked for life. At this at this point, Mel doesn't know any of this. No. She's not witnessed the other girl's mark. I mean, she can't, she's so far away, she can't see that the coin is freezing cold. They don't know that Cain is a, a walking fridge freezer. So why is Mel... Why is she even getting involved? I don't a know. A 16-year-old waitress that she's known for eight minutes <laughs> wants to join an army, and she's treating it like... He's a vampire going to, you know, bite her on the neck or whatever. Yeah. It's so bizarre. It is weird. Um, and we're almost at the end of episode one, and things get weirder because, you know, she runs off, Mel runs off, Mel is screaming like a good un. I mean, yeah. I, I guess she's given it all because it's her last episode, so I'm really going to scream. Um, we get a brief shot of our adversary, just a quick close-up of the head of the we dragon, do. and which we, makes we... Mel scream, and Sophie Aldred's face... Is really weird. I don't know what she's well, what what she's trying to emote there. I think she's trying to emote sheer terror, but it comes across like she's farted or something. It's terrible. We did miss actually. We're trying to find good things. We did miss that in the last scene. Um, we see a section of Serverland's wall. I didn't spot it. Did you not spot no. it? Yeah, I think it's in Ace's bedroom. Um, oh, is it? Yeah, and it was like ah, oh, and I got a little happy. <laughs> Happy moment. I was distracted by the appalling acting. Yes, yeah, I think. you probably were, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we get our first glimpse of the ant, the dragon. <sighs> yeah, um, all right. And this is uh, this is clear proof of what a great director Ridley Scott is. Because it's a low-budget version of the alien suit, but this is how you don't film... <laughs> You don't film in, in bright light, and you don't yeah. you don't film from a, quite a distance away. But we haven't got there yet. We all we no, see no, is we his face. Only seen the face. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Episode one ends with the notorious. 
I think, uh, is not a bad word for it. Uh, cliffhanger ending. Yes. Do you understand what's going on there? No. Well, when when this was broadcast, this was something everyone brought up as being the weak spot in the episodes, really. Um, yeah, so the Doctor, the, the Doctor and Glitz are looking for some ice gardens, because they're on the map. Um, and the ice gardens are meant to tell them where the dragon and the treasure is. Um, mm-hmm. So, Sir Weston McCoy, who I have to admit, he's he's at least putting in a bit of effort to suggest that this is an icy planet by slip sliding. But then he t- goes totally overboard on it. So every movement he makes, he does a, whoa, I'm sliding. Yeah. Every time he leaves a doorway, he does a, whoa, I'm falling over movement. But at least, I suppose he's trying to do something. But yeah, so he comes across these... These uh, this this sort of cliff ledge, and he climbs rail. off. Yeah, with a handrail, he hooks his umbrella on a handrail and then climbs over it as if he's trying to get down to a lower ledge. Trouble is, in in the long shot, there's a lower ledge there. When you're looking downwards from his point of view, there's no ledge. And then in the next episode, when Glitz comes to rescue him, he's on the bottom rung anyway. Yes. So what what was the point of all this? Now, we know the point is because they wanted a, oh, this is hilarious, a cliffhanger ending. Yep. But when this was raised at various conventions where Ian Briggs was there, and they said, what was all that about? He actually said, well, you'll have to wait till I novelise it. There's a really good reason. And did he? No, he didn't, no. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, <coughs> I, I half admire him for getting out of that situation. But if it, even if that had been true, what a shitty writer. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you don't. I mean, I I get this too often, and it's usually in like Marvel films or stuff like that, where they go, "Oh, you need to read." Not sorry, not Marvel, Star Wars. Films. Star Wars. You got to read the graphic it, novel. Yeah. yeah, they go. Yeah, you got to read the graphic novel. You got to read eighty-three paperbacks to find out who this character is. No, that's crappy. Then you've failed in your filmmaking, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Do you know this... Yeah. Um, Peter Jackson managed to make like nine hours of Lord of the Rings movies where at no point did you go, what? What's, who's that then? Yeah. Because he adapted it for the screen. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a nonsense. I mean, yeah. I, I, I knew of it. That there's this stupid bit where he's hanging by his umbrella. And he does. I don't understand all the faces he's pulling either. No. Uh, just... Well, I, 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 think that's, um, I think that's what Sylvester McCoy thinks is acting. Oh, good lord! What what you've got to remember now is going forwards. We have a uh, a lead actor, the Doctor, whose real only experience, other than a couple of very very minor film roles, is children's television, mm-hmm. and a companion whose only experience is children's, is children's television. television. I think I think yeah. they're in. Yeah. is the answer, and therein lies the problem. I think so. All right. Yeah. Well, episode two. It starts with the dragon advancing. Yeah. Mega goes ace as it yeah. advances, and seems to be able to fire laser beams from somewhere. Do, well, where, where are those laser beams coming out? Of? Weirdly, Ace goes. It's not a real dragon. Real dragons don't fire laser beams, or something. It's like what? Yeah, it comes. I think they're they're coming out of its eyes, aren't they? Well, they're supposed to or be. Vaguely, yeah. Um, yeah, for some reason on this recap, Ace is not pulling that weird, terrified face. As you, she's like, she thinks this is great. This is mega. Because yeah. she's because she should be sectioned. She's 
she's not mentally stable. Um, yeah, it's it's not a good scene. And then, um, yeah, the, the glitz appears above the Doctor, and I I've realised that without Robert Holmes's amazing dialogue, glitz as a character isn't. There's nothing there. He's, he is a nothing. He, that, that doesn't have to be this, glitz, yeah. does it? Because he no, finds his way anyone. down, doesn't he? Almost immediately, he finds yeah. his way to get below the Doctor, which is about five feet below the Doctor. I think it, it wouldn't have been any sillier had they just panned across a bit and there was a staircase going down and he just walks down it nonchalantly and walks yeah. across. Because it, this is so stupid. And then we get... Oh God! Comedy acting from Sylvester McCoy, where he's climbing down over oh. glitz. I've oh. got stupid pratfalling amidst yep. the polystyrene. It is rubbish. Yeah, I just put down. Oh, it's crap. Yes, yeah. Uh, straight after that, we've got Kane pining for that crap statue because yeah, yeah it, it's this finished. Is where he's, yeah, he's 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 sort of he's saying this is the this is an amazing likeness. It's like she stood there, and it, you look at the. It pans up to this awful fiberglass statue, <laughs> and it is it, it it looks like something from the Muppet Show, doesn't it? It does. It's, it's got misformed features. Its nose is just like a half hemisphere. Oh God, it's awful! And then he's going, "Your genius to the yes. sculpture. Your genius <laughs> cannot be seen by the rest of the world." And he kills him. I think he was actually going, "Oh, this is shit. I'm not paying him." <laughs> All right, I've got total panto acting from Ace and Mel. Um, I don't know yep. what bit that was at. Because it's hard to pin down, isn't it? It could yeah, be yeah. any of this. Well, straight after it, I've put Ace has a ladder in her rucksack. Yes. Question oh, mark, yes. question mark, question mark. This is the start of the, um, the, the, the sort of occasional running gag that Ace carries stuff that normal people wouldn't carry like mm. burglary kits and ladders and and again I got, I got a horrible feeling this was them trying to make her a cool character and do you know what I I can imagine back in the mists of time when this came out I can imagine that certain fans probably went and tried to source those roll-up ladders because they thought well this this is amazing but it wasn't I you. I bet the sales of those like it wasn't me. I didn't know. I I I I hated Ace from the first day one of seeing it. I couldn't work out why fandom was falling over itself, saying this is the the most gritty, best written character ever. And it's like, no, what? Do you still share the same opinion now? Yeah, I think. Or have you warmed? Terrible. No, no. I think there's. I mean, I I don't even really like her in things like Fenric, and I don't think she's got the acting chops. There's a, the occasional scene where you go, well, okay, possibly, but no, I, I just don't think she works. I I was going to say she's on Dodo levels, but I I think I enjoyed Dodo's time in the TARDIS more than Ace's. Okay. I just I, also that just wasn't that wasn't the way people talked. Like so. No, didn't talk, didn't act like that. No. No, no. Um, <coughs> I've next written that. Rubbish doctor talking to the guard as Glitz sneaks through. Oh, God. This, this, this was um, praised as well by fandom, that this was meant some sort of comedy genius scene on par with Douglas Adams, that the doctor, they start discussing mock cod philosophy. But this is 
this is sort of a writer desperately trying to be edgy, I think. Yeah. This is yeah, it's oh it's horrible. Certainly is. Right. Um the Doctor and Glitz barely meet the dragon. Yeah. Right? Yes. Oh, going back just going back to that guy where he's talking about all this crap. All oh this yes. I've I I think I've read and I don't know if it's a joke or not, but it's possibly true that a lot of that dialogue he spouts is actually from Doctor Who and Unfolding Text, which at the time was this mammoth tome of a book. It was it used to be worth a fortune. You couldn't give it away now. Uh, and it was pretentious shite. It was like the worst excesses of pretentious fan bases, this supposed academic text about, you know, it mentions semiotic thicknesses and stuff like this bollocks and I got a feeling that a lot of that dialogue was the writer taking the mickey out of that well you are 100% accurate because I'm yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I remembered that well I've yeah. just leafed through to my behind the scenes and yeah. apparently yes the guards lines about the semiotic thickness of a yeah. performed text is a quotation from Doctor Who, The Unfolding Text, a 1983 media studies volume by John Tullock and Manuel Avarado. Story editor Andrew Cartmel had suggested that writers read The Unfolding Text to familiarise familiarize themselves with, a doc, with Doctor Who and its history, which inspired Ian Briggs to put it in. Yeah, and he's taking a mickey though, isn't he? I, I There's hope no so. Way this, yeah, I hope so. Um, it just it, it just makes for a stupid spikes. moment. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. All right. So after that, um, what have we got? Uh, oh we, yeah, that we woman. See, we see glit. Well, we see Glitz's ship, don't we? Well, we see the inside of the ship because yeah. they get to yes. the ship. And he's got furry dice. Yellow furry dice. Ho ho ho! This yeah. is so funny. Um, and that woman with the name I don't yeah. uh, remember. Uh, she she wants to leave in it, doesn't she? Yes. Yes. This is where the doc. This is a weird scene because they've just spent like a, a, a quite a long period of time going down into the bowels of the planet to the other side. When you see the exterior shot, so again, it must be a small planet. Yeah. And they go, oh, um, Glitz goes, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna carry on unless you help me get my ship back, and then I'll give you the map. And the doctor goes, oh, okay, I'll do it. I don't want to do it. And then they decide to go all the way back to the ship. And then all the way back down. It's like this scene feels like it's in the wrong place. Yeah, yeah. I don't get... Either these things are much closer and easier to get to. Or why would they walk all the way back through these terrible, terrible, hazardous ice tombs just to have a quick two-minute conversation with this woman in Glitz's ship? Yeah. But yeah, she wants she wants to leave Kane, doesn't she? That's well, she she's going to do a mutiny. Arc. She goes to yeah. old uh, Jock, doesn't she? They're, they're, they're yeah. going to have a mutiny. They got to warm Kane Kane up. We haven't mentioned, but Kane keeps having her sleep in his little cabinet of yeah. a, of a minus one hundred and ninety yeah, degrees. She, she wants to kill him. The other thing the doctor says about Kane, how does he know? He doesn't know who Kane is. He's not met him at this point in the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he give, he goes. I don't think you can win with Kane. Blah blah blah. And, he, and he's like, you don't know who Kane is. This is literally the first time anyone's mentioned him to you. Yeah, true. Unless presumably, as they were trekking through the uh, the ice tubes, was Glitz filling him in on it? May- ah, that yeah. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah, I could. Be I could better to that. see that. But, yes. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, another thing we haven't mentioned is the fact that 
Glitz's old crew have been turned into zombies oh. and, and they're tracking oh, them they're all terrible. down. Their acting hasn't improved, has it? No, no. Well, we're down to one at this point. Um, yeah. Um, Walking about like a George Romero zombie. Yeah, Complete yeah. with grey face. And there they all are. Everyone's been re reunited, but you've got the zombie bloke coming from one side and you've got the dragon in the other side yeah. who shoots the zombie. And that's when we get our first prolonged look at it. And, oh, good Lord. Um... I tell you what it reminds me of, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's far too brightly lit, and and the camera's too far away. So, unfortunately, you see in its entirety, right? When when you see it's just its head, it looks all right. But when you see this slightly podgy body with short legs, it reminds me of um, you you watch the documentaries behind the scenes on making Alien Three, where you've got Tom Woodruff, yeah, in the alien suit, or one of the extras on Aliens, where you've just got regular stuntmen. And it blows it completely, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the, I don't know who played um, the dragon, but they're, they're walking and acting in a way that suggests they're not an actor. Well, I've got, shit, yeah. I've got shit mime acting. Yeah, terrible, got. terrible. And it, any sort of suspense or you know disbelief is thrown out the window, and it's, it's awful. Yeah, you can see it for what it is. It's a boiler suit covered in latex. And they, a man with a bucket on his head balancing a pizza on top. It's rubbish. Now, I don't mind the head, right? I quite like the idea yeah. of the head being too big for the body and everything. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah pizza-shaped. There's no way he could wear a polo neck jumper, though, is there? No, not at all. Not at all. No, no, he, he, you've got to zip him up. Yeah. Um, but it's the body. It's... they. Yeah. They've obviously been inspired by aliens. Or an inspired alien. is a word. Yeah, and they've tried doing the same thing, and yeah. it's just a total failure. Well, this is um, this this is akin to adding Greeblies to a ship model, isn't it? Some people, like Martin Bauer, are geniuses at it, and then other people try, and although they're doing ostensibly the same thing, it looks wrong. Yeah, and compare Space 1999 model yeah. work to Star Crash model work. It, exactly, where they've just slapped it on. And so you've got, a, you know, H.R. Giger, who is a genius and knows what he's doing, and he's created it. He took ages to create this this look, and he agonised over everything. And then you've got this, which is someone's just slapped a load of crap yeah. on a boiler suit. Yeah. And oh, I think yeah. that's the difference on it. Um, yeah. th this is weird as well, because... And again, it's because you're not really invested in the story, you're starting to think about what the story is telling you. So uh, Ace, the, the, the zombie guy is chasing them. They don't know who this is at the, at, up till this point because they've not bumped into Glitz or anything yet. Um, so they don't know who it is. And Ace throws two cans of Nitro-9 and it blows up and he gets up and she goes, no one could survive that. Hang on, so you were happily going to kill this person. You didn't know who it was. Yep. You were happy to kill them. And Mel chucks them. And Mel, who up to this point has been shown as like a, a very liberal, you know, live and let live. I don't want to hurt anything. I don't, I'm a vegetarian because I don't want to hurt animals. Is happy to kill a man. Yep. Because he's shuffling after him. Yep. It's and again, I get the feeling this was so that they honestly thought people would look at this and go, oh, oh, "Look at these two! What a cool scene!" No, <laughs> no, no, not at all. 
Well, after that, we have old Jock, old Tony. Yeah. Um, he is going to knob all the uh, Kane's bed. He turns the yeah. temperature up. and Weird, just... Yeah, weirdly, though, um, so he has like a two-minute conversation with uh, Patricia Quinn's character. And he goes from being an absolute 100% behind Kane, I'm following orders type thing, to I'm, I'm going to kill him. going to kill me, boss. Yep. And he goes and turns the temperature up a little bit. He turns up the thermostat, right? The hilariously, it's the, annoying when people do that. Yeah, I love the way the sculpture just turns into plastic. Yeah. Right. We're meant to assume that this is melting ice, but it's just a lump of plastic. Um, and he just stands there while Kane gets out and kills him. Yeah. He he seems surprised by it all, doesn't he? Like I've turned it up. Hang on, he's not instantly dead. Oh, he's mm. coming towards me. Shall I move? No. Mm-hmm. He'll die in a second. Yeah, and, and goodbye. One of the few decent actors in the in the story. Yep, yep. Um, meanwhile, the dragon has taken uh, them to the singing gardens, and then fires yep. its crap red lasers to start a Kryptonian hologram. Right. Yes. Yeah. This is definitely someone's seen Superman. Someone has seen Superman. All these crystals, the hologram person talking, even the the tone she's talking. <coughs> It's Superman, and we find out uh, old Kane is virtually General Zod because he's yes, been banished yeah. to Ice World. Yeah, so it turns out that Kane and his girlfriend, the the Muppet, um, were both uh, sort of the worst criminals ever. Weirdly, I don't know why Kane is in the photo. Kane's in his uniform. No, I don't know. So has he been wearing this uniform for two thousand years or three thousand years? Most probably. I, I See, and why is his girlfriend not in the uniform? Yes. Yeah. Good point. She's, she's got. She's got like a plastic bag over her head. Um, yeah. It, it. This is exposition, sort of central, isn't it? It tells. It tells. It's like we ha- we haven't explained any of this plot so far, and we're halfway through. Let's just let's just dump it out in one go. Yeah, but I, I still don't know that Iceworld is a spaceship. I mean, we later no, find no. out that he must have arrived there on this spaceship, right? Well, when uh, you've got a plot as good as this, you don't just dish it all out. Like, oh, no, no, no. So 3,000 years ago, he's yep. banished to this planet in yep. a spaceship, which becomes Iceworld, yep. right? With the dragon as his jailer. Yep. It lands, buries itself, or whatever, into the planet, and at some point in that 3,000 years, it becomes a tourist attraction and a bee jams. Yeah. So, yeah, so 3,000 years ago, he's banished from his own planet, stroke galaxy, whatever, uh, sent to Svartos because it's a, an ice world, and it because even at that point, so before he was an ice world, he still had to have super cold temperatures. I'm presuming he had some sort of chemical accident with Batman. Um, yes. So he's sent off in the ship. The dragon is his jailer. They land a ship or bury it on ice, ice world. It's now his jail. But the ship is fully functional. Yes. So they remove the power source and put it in the jailer's head. Yes. Rather than say, I don't know, getting it off planet. Um, it's, it, it, I had I had sort of thinkings back to Pyramids of Mars slightly that it's like why why uh, jail someone with the very thing they need to escape? Yeah, 
but the jailer's do not. That. It never works out. But the jailer's not really a very good jailer, is he? I mean, Kane at any no. point, we know that spaceships are coming and going and trading. Yeah, he could just leave. He could just leave at any point. He doesn't need yeah. this energy source. Well, no, but they sort of say that he can't leave because he needs the cold. But you could have a freezer on a ship. It's very cold in space, as old yeah, Khan ooh, said. Yeah, yeah, just open the window. Yeah. Um, that would have <laughs> worked. Well, it worked on Space 1999. It did, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. they had an atmosphere then, didn't they? They yeah. had a happy atmosphere. Um, the other thing I don't, sort of, like you say, is, yeah, in this 3,000 years, which no one remembers, no one really says, oh, Kane's been here a long time. Yeah, he, he at some point decides to, to finance his, his taking over of the galaxy. He needs to build an army, and... To do this, the best bet is to open a convenience freezer centre <laughs> and a fast food cafe. Because Ace calls it a fast food cafe, doesn't he? I yeah. don't quite know what a fast food cafe is. That's two things that shouldn't go together. No. True. A cafe is you sit down and wait 20 minutes. While it's food. cooked, yes. Yeah, fast food is normally you go in and leave. I yes. It's weird. I don't know what Kane's plan is here. I, I really don't. I, it's very, mm. very confused. I've actually put in my notes at this point. This is a confused mess. It is. Um, we see the dragon fire next, though, because I've, in a very nice effect for the BBC, the yeah. dragon's head opens up. And yes. Out yeah, it they've pops. built a sep Yeah, they've built a separate head, or afterwards cut the mask up or something. And it's a bit. It reminded me of um, of uh, evil from Time Bandits. You know when yeah. they. The, the cutting arm comes out of his head when he's a carousel. It reminded me of that. I wanted that music to play. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not quite a nice effect. Don't quite work when it closes because you realise that none of these parts actually go together. Um, but yeah, it's. But for the BBC, but, but, that's yeah, not for the bad. BBC at this point. And also later on, we get the cane melting. Yeah, they 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 spent a bit of money on this one, but probably not in the right area. No. Um, but then we get my my all-time favourite part of this story, is the ant hunt. No, 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 no. Is you, that not next? That's not next because yeah. episode two ends with Kane looking directly into camera, and talking oh, into God, camera right. about yeah. dragonfire shall be mine, and that's yes. the cliffhanger. Who's he talking to? Us, because in episode three, when you know the cliffhanger is repeated, he does it again. He talks to yeah. us and then just gets on with his work. You know? Yeah. So He's broken the fourth he, wall. Yeah. Which in things like Caves of Androzani, that works because of the tragic nature of it and it's well written. And in this, I just thought, well, who's he talking to? Yeah. He's, he's talking to me. And then I put, um, this really is just a kids' show, isn't it? It's no, it, oh, and not a good one. Um, not a good one, no. You say about being written better. Um, the next thing is when Glitz says, I'm starting to get a cozy, warm sensation in my money pouch. That's a riff on Villa's line about, you know, it gives me a, a nice, warm yes. feeling around my money belt. Villa yep. had a line almost yeah. exactly the same. Yes. Mm. I, I think a lot, I bet if we, if we were more learned, we, a lot of these lines are probably nicked from other stuff. That well, does seem to be in Briggs's style, doesn't it? The big nick from Briggs, yes. big Brig nick is next. Yes, how many ant hunts have you been on? Yes. Oh, good grief. I didn't know any of this was coming up. 
Um, I thought the it, uh, no, I thought I, the the the, the, the allusion to alien and aliens yeah. was the creature. I didn't know oh. that we're going to have two colonial yeah. marines. Well, yep. a Gorman and a Vasquez. You know, because <laughs> yes. she says, "How many ant hunts have you been on?" Yeah. Ant standing for aggressive non-terrestrial. Yeah. And the other guy is Gorman. It's like, well, no, not many. Uh, da, da, yeah. da, you know. And well, I, I don't get this because Kane says, calls down and says, um, "There's a there's a alien uh, aggressive non-terrestrial in Corridor Four. Go and bring me its head." And then yeah, she she gets this novice person. I mean, there's more people there. Why would you take the novice mm-hmm. who's never done anything? And uh, she goes, um, "Have you have you ever seen an ant?" And he's like, no. Imagine a six-foot-tall scorpion. So of all aliens, because you've got aliens up in your B-Jam centre. Yep. He didn't say it's a dragon or anything particular. So presumably the doctor is a... a, a, He's an ant. He's an ant. Yeah, true. Well, so is anyone from Earth. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, And then we get this brilliantly awful scene where where they're, they're desperately trying to be colonial marines with pulse rifles and that, where she's saying, uh, we're not taking these pea shooters, these water pistols, we need something bigger. And they get out these two very, very non-detailed weapons and pretend that they're heavy. Yeah, well, they're pretending they're smart guns, yes, aren't yeah. they? You yeah. know? Oh, good grief, <laughs> good grief. Um, I thought this would appeal to you because, um, you're, you know, you, you like your bit of aliens, don't you? Well, I'm thinking, oh my God, they're, they're going this far. We've got colonial marines now. We've got yeah. smart guns, right? And it's like, oh dear, oh dear. And then you get this rubbish clearing out of the cantina, uh, okay? Because yes. yeah. everyone's been herded towards the Nosferatu. And the brat in the blue dress hides, hides underneath the table. table. Yeah. And I've got down here, is she meant to be Newt? Oh, yes, yes, you're right. Because later on we get the Newt scene. Under Where the they're going to shoot uh, under the grill. Yes, yes, I've forgotten about that. Yep. Yep. It is oh, it's, bloody it, hell. He's such a clever writer, isn't he, to put this <laughs> stuff in so subtly. Yeah, and um, then the next one, I've got those two colonial marines find the dragon using a motion tracker. They've got a motion tracker yeah. attached to their gun now as well. Yes, because we, we had motion trackers in Aliens, so yep. of course we're going to get them And there's this. dialogue about it's everywhere, yep. there's nothing there. It's all you around know. us, man, it's yes. all around us. <laughs> at least no one said, as he was dying later on, at least he didn't go, it's game over. Yeah, or they cut the power. How can they cut the power? They're yeah, animals. how can they cut the power? They're, They're ants. ants. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's, it's awful. And imagine, this is, yeah, this is, um, this is what would happen if aliens had been made by the BBC on a budget of fourpence. I do like at this point, I can't remember where it's Glitz or Ace says, this is naff. <laughs> Yes, and, and I thought never a true word, mate. Never a true word. <laughs> and all the audience yeah. nods along. Yes, um, yeah, and then oh, we. Yeah, I was going to say then we get a side shot of the alien, uh, of the dragon. I don't know why I thought it was as the alien there. Um, you know, it, in in one of the, in it, at the end where it's trying to kill Lambert, yeah. and it sort of moves towards him. Oh, it's yes, got its it, arms out. Yeah, and it's got that really strange yeah, movement. Yeah, and it's really creepy, isn't it? and this the, the guy tries to do it in this suit, and he's got his <laughs> arms up, and it, you, but they've got it in full shot, in full light. Yep. And it's like, oh no. It is terrible. 
Um, yeah. And that's at that moment, that's when we have the newt scene. They realise, yes. you know, that there's a little girl well, there. Well, these amazing, amazingly well-trained um, uh, colonial marines, they keep crossing each other's line of fire. Every doorway, like, one of them will jump out in what they think is a sort of a, a, a you know, a, a macho pose, and then the other one will walk in front of their gun barrel to get past them every single time. Yeah. Oh, no. But, yeah, then we get the... I'm detecting movement. It's Richard, and they they go to shoot, and she knocks it, knocks his gun up, and says, "It's just a little girl under the grating." Yeah, because we've all seen aliens. And he goes, "Why is she registering as a, as an alien life form?" Oh. Well, because she's a bloody alien. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, well, uh, then that's when the dragon comes along and scares them off, and the yes. the, the brat smiles up at it, and then. Oh, yeah. good God. We have the brat and the dragon. The dragon carrying the brat back to the cantina. Yeah. Can you imagine that scene in Alien? <laughs> aliens. What, 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 the queen alien carrying you yeah, on its shoulder? Carrying you. Come on, little girl. Let's find your teddy bear. Mm. Let's go back to B-Gem. <laughs> right, so we finally see the Mos- Nosferatu yeah. model. The sh- the, we do, yes. Yeah. And it's the London, isn't it? It's, well, it's, kind it's obviously of the basic. It's it's the London in the same way that they were colonial marines. Yes, yes, yeah. Homage, I think, yes. is the, the word we're looking for. Yeah, we see it in long shot. Then we see it um, uh, a, a close up of it, a yeah. large section of the ship as the docking uh, tube disengages. Yes. Um, unfortunately, the filming of it makes the model look very small. Yeah, and it's not filmed well. It's not filmed well, and um, yeah, it's blowing up. Isn't the most convincing, is it? No, and it, we get what weirdly, and I don't, I don't know whether this was intended, but we get um, a scene that's eerily reminiscent of uh, the scene in the black hole, when Harry Booth steals the uh, Palomino, and Charles Pizer and that are looking out the window like glitzes, and it explodes, and you get the, and it's like. That's eerily close. Mm. So I wonder if that's another reference. Well, I've got references because here's the little behind the scenes on that now. In the the Nosferatu ship was uh, uh, designed and built by Mike Tucker. Oh, right. All right. Who was one of this new generation of effects bods who um, came to the BBC as fans of Doctor Who. They were the first generation, you know, that had grown up on Doctor Who and were fans of the special effects. And you know, a role model and hero of Mike Tucker's was Ian Schoons, right? Right. So I've got a couple of quotes from Mike Tucker about the the Nosferatu model, right? And he says, um, The ship from Dragonfire, Sabalum Glitz's freighter, the Nosferatu, was left to me to design. Once again, my admiration for Ian Schoons' work resulted in a ship inspired by Blake Seven's London. Right with a colour scheme reminiscent of the burnt orange of Serverland's pursuit ships. Right? Oh, right. So there you go. You're saying it looks like the London. Yeah. Yes, it does. <laughs> you know? this, is, um, this is eerily reminiscent of Martin Bauer's first work on Space 1999, wasn't it, where he had the Discovery yes. uh, model that he'd built in homage to that. And it's weird, isn't it? And it gets I mean, used. I just think it's a bit too blatant, this. Yeah. I've got a nice photo which I'll put on Facebook. I'll send it to you later. It's quite yeah. a rare one. There was a, a much better shot of it because we see it, you know, the camera's up up top looking down on it, but there's a much better lower shot 
where you're actually below the Nosferatu, looking up at it. And Mike has made a very nice landing platform, which is very Martin Bauer-like, um, with hemispheres and, if, and stuff. If, if they've gone to this much effort to copy it and do that, why not just use the footage of it taking off from Cygnus Alpha? What, actually use the London? It, just use that, use the clip, yeah. Do you think they, could, they, they would have, yeah. Do you think people's uh, brains would have melted? No, I think the average viewer wasn't even watching at this point. Um, and at the time, there was a big gulf between being a Doc 2 fan and being a Blake 7 fan. There was a huge rivalry. So I I, th I would have just done that. Bit. Why not just... In fact, I would have not bothered filming any of this and just shown a couple of episodes of Blake 7. <laughs> <coughs> yes, there is that. Yeah. Have yeah. a look in Messenger, Ian. I've just taken a photo out of this book where I'm reading my quotes from. And uh, have a look. Oh, God, yeah. So, see, that would have been brilliant because it shows that this is an icy planet. Yep, yep, yep. Nah, we, we, we don't need stuff like that, do we? Well, unfortunately, <laughs> the uh, some of the model photography was down to Mike Tucker, right? Oh, right. I've got some more quotes from him, um, um, you know, about the Nosferatu. <laughs> he says, yeah. uh, I also persuaded Andy to let me build a close-up section of the ship's main hatch plus a docking arm for a cutaway of the ship preparing yeah. to leave. Though the plumbed-in Freon lines that I had incorporated to give the impression the ship was venting gas caused J&T to dub the shot as glitz flushing the toilet. And then he says, there was a 35mm shoot scheduled, but this was primarily for the model sequences for Dragonfire. Though my relative inexperience at model filming at the time and a number of stupid mistakes on my part, trying to fly the Nosferatu on nylon lines instead of steel or tungsten, for example, ensured that the shots of that particular ship were never quite as polished as I would have liked. So it's nice of him to actually admit yeah. his mistakes, isn't it? You know? Yeah, I don't think they're his mistakes, but yeah, it, I think that's nice for, to take the blame. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I don't... Um, I, I think the model shots are not great, but they're certainly head and shoulders above a lot of the other model shots we've seen yeah. Yeah. in Doctor Who. Yep. Yeah. Um, and they're much better than what happens next, which is Ace's first visit inside the TARDIS and Mel's explanation about oh, how this, this annoys works. me because she gets it completely wrong, and I don't know whether she's meant to get it wrong, or the actress has just misremembered it, or they just didn't care. So she says it's um, transcendentally dimensional. No, it's dimensionally transcendental. <laughs> you know, you, got, you can't just change words, and that does change the meaning of transcendental. I mean, it's a, it's a bollocks explanation anyway, but I just think it shows the level of couldn't give a crapness mm. that they got to. Um, but yeah, we get Ace. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. She, uh -huh. she has the, uh, the realistic reactions of a 16-year-old girl, I think. Oh, dear. Well, we move beyond that to the yes. Colonial Marines shooting oh, the yes. dragon. Well, I don't get this, because wasn't the guard shot in the last scene? He yes. was injured in some way. He's fine now, isn't he? He got He's better. Right. Yeah, he got better. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, um, and then with a really crap... We should do a crap video yeah. effect tally. Um, oh, they, would, yeah. they cut its head off. Yeah. Which, again, you, I think they're meant to be... They think they're being edgy in that, and it's just... It's just misplaced, isn't it? So yeah, this the guard is like Kane wants its head. We got to take its head back. And the other, the the Hudson character, who's you know gone to pieces as soon as he saw the dragon. 
he's like, nah, just leave it, we'll go. Um, but yeah, that she she cuts its head off to take back. <laughs> Realistically, they just plunk the helmet off the guy. Yeah. Oh. All right, and yeah, they, they they get zapped though, don't they? Because the head opens up and you know yes, it, it discharges them. the yeah. thing, and that kills them. Uh, yeah. The next thing I've written down is, oh god, the brat talks. Good night, Teddy. Yes. Good night, Teddy. Best performance in the story, I think. What, what, what? She's getting her own spin-off series. Do you think the Teddy's called Casey? Wasn't Newt's Dolly called Casey? Oh, yes. So oh, I, I reckon I the Teddy's Casey, called Casey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Kane will exchange Ace for the Dragonfire. Yes. Um, yeah, he, he puts out on the loudspeaker that he's got Ace and that he will exchange the Dragonfire for Ace because mm-hmm. that's all he cares about. He's, it's, I mean, I'm presuming he's the only person left in his freezer centre now. Other than yeah, little kid now. Well, everyone got on the Nosferatu, yeah. and it was all blown up, wasn't it? A- a- apart yeah. from the brat's mother, who turns up at the end. Um, yes, who, who a- a- appears to have just carried on shopping. Yes, was she not? You're thinking, there's no one in this shop. I'm just, well, I still need fish fingers. Um, the doctor isn't very cut up about the dragon dying, is he? He's very. Eh. Mm. Yeah, you know, he was waxing lyrical about this amazing creature, and then it's there with his head cut off, and it's like, oh well. Yeah, yeah. Um, next, I've got here. Uh, the, oh, the Dragonfire is placed on the console, and that's when we find yeah. out it's actually a spacecraft. <laughs> oh, what a terrible model shot this is! Yes, it lifts off and it's swaying and wobbling on the string. Oh, it's awful. What is awful, more awful, I think, is the fact I've written down, oh, dear God, Sylvester's really starting to roll his R's. Yes, yeah. He hasn't done it through this story. For almost three episodes, he hasn't started rolling his R's, but he's now snarling and rolling his R's. And, oh, God, it's irritating. It's angry, isn't it? It's really irritating. He rolls his R's. Yeah. And, yeah, he tells Kane, you know, that his planet's gone. It was... Yeah. Sun went supernova or something, and this planet's gone. And for no reason at all, I don't understand why, Kane goes and opens up the shutter to the window. I, I think it's meant to be that the Doctor has told him that his planet's gone, and without his planet, he's got no purpose in life. He can't get revenge on his dead girlfriend. He can't do anything, so he commits suicide. I would have liked it had he goes... Planet gone, Doctor. What are you talking about? I'm going to check on my star chart. Presses the button, the window opens. He goes, oh, that's the window! And then melts. But, that would have been funnier. But that's not heat coming through the window. It's light. No. He's sensitive yeah. to heat, not light. He's not a vampire. No. That's, that's actually very true. I never even considered that. Yeah, it would be the world's most useless window if you opened it and the heat got in. Because that would kill a normal person. <laughs> yeah, or everybody else in that room yeah. would be dead as well. But they just squint, yeah. don't they? Yeah. And, and he... again, this is purely because someone's seen Raiders, and and they thought this would be a good shot. Now, and I to mean... be fair, it's 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 a competent shot. It's just got no place in this story. No. Because the tone so far has been kids BBC, and this did actually get complaints, didn't it? They... Well, they must have known they were going to cause yeah. trouble with this shot. You know, um, and um, yeah, it's all right. For, again, for the BBC, it's not bad. Nowhere near what ILM did, you know, for Raiders of the Lost Ark. No. But, uh, but well, there's what... very interesting. Uh, one of the books I've got that's very interesting on how they made it. 
and of course it because you what you look at it now and think oh they just took a head cast and they didn't they they didn't have the really the capability or the money to take a head cast of the actor so they sculpted from photos they mm. took a couple of photos of him with his mouth open and then they, they hand sculpted it and it's like wow that surely that's got to take more time than just you know, yeah. a bit of alginate and some plaster hmm. it's weird they didn't but have to yeah didn't have the capability to do it it's not a bad effect, and he, he clearly melts, which raises the question, when you see his empty suit and helmet on the floor, there's not one drop of blood or goo no. or anything. It's, it's spotlessly clean, his suit. Yeah. yeah, he couldn't have it too scary, I suppose. No. Um, but then, yeah, so he's dead. Just, just like the, the lame... If all Doctor Who villains did that, yeah, as soon as the Doctor points out, an error in their plan, they go, oh, that's it, I'm going to kill myself. Yep. yep. It would solve a lot of um, a lot of effort, wouldn't it? It would. And then, then we get the, the the very, very touching... Heartfelt Mel suddenly, Yeah, Mel suddenly wants to leave the Doctor for no apparent reason. She wants to stay with Glitz. Yeah, so she goes, I think it's, t- it's time to leave. Why? Why is it time for you to leave? There's been nothing in this story that has been any different to any other, so why is it suddenly... I mean... Did did does she fancy Glitz? I don't know. I I mean, yeah. it smacks of Perry going off with Brian Blessed, doesn't it? Yeah, it 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 doesn't make any sense. It's almost they they could have had her just pick up the script and go, "Oh, here's my final story. I better go, Doctor." It would have been no less stupid than this. She just on the whim says, "Yeah, I can't go with you anymore. I'm going off with Glitz, and I'm going to cause his life to be full of havoc." They um, should have killed her off. Yeah, at least kill kill her off. Give her a decent. Yeah. Or have her fall into one of the B-Jam freezers <laughs> <laughs> and freeze to death. Um, yeah, they could have killed her. They could have had um, uh, Kane kill her with his gloves of doom. Yeah, And that's why the Doctor gets angry. But I suppose you can't push it too far, can you? No. Um, so, yeah, so she, she decides to leave and she's going off with Glitz, who's decided that the B-Jam freezer centre is going to be his ship now, the Nostradamus 2. Even though I'm presuming he has no concept of how to control it. No. He doesn't seem that clever. He's got no crew. He's stuck in a B-Jam freezer centre with Mel. Poor, poor... Poor old Glitz, Um, yeah. But then then Mel says, um, Ace has got nowhere to go, Doctor. And for some reason the Doctor decides to invite Ace in. And we get possibly the worst ever in the entire history of Ace. The worst... Ace! Ace. Yes. Exclamation! She jumps up like, like say, a three-year-old would. Yeah. Ace. Oh, now God. you warned me of this. I did. So, I did. and thank you for warning me because yeah. I knew it was coming, and it was still horrible. It's, it's unbelievable that, like, say, that no one went. Yeah, should we do that again? Yeah. Should we do another take. Do you think this was a ten o'clock moment? It might be. Yeah, they were just yeah. about to pull the plug. Yeah. And as bad as that is, and it was bloody awful, right? The yeah. actual story ends with the brat grinning. Oh God, yeah. At the leaving TARDIS. Yeah. Why? Why? Why is this kid so important? I we don't need know. to research this and find it, out what. No, we don't. It's just naff and it's horrible. Do this you think story. she's the Rani? I think she's Susan. Ah, oh, see, there you go. That's a good theory. Yeah. 
Oh no! Oh, oh, oh no! No, I don't want to think about it too much. It's a terrible story. Yes, I think this terrible. will be in my top three when we get to it at the end of this. Yes. All right. I think so. Yeah. It's shit. <laughs> and yet, this was well, this was this was quite well regarded at the time of the four stories in this season. I don't how how why. I um, I don't know. All right. Okay. All right. Well, let's get through this. We're almost there. All right. Uh, so, right. No Earth date because we're not on Earth, so we can skip yeah. all that. Right. Okay. Then. So the dragon. Right. Let's talk about the dragon and the design of the dragon. What do you think of the design of our dragon? Well, other than the fact it's someone else's design, um, <laughs> I think the, <laughs> Very the actual good, yeah, good point. Yeah, the actual. Um, the idea behind this, we know, works from Alien, and I've seen drawings of the design, and it's fairly close, but it, it's a it's a bit less looking like a fat man in a boiler suit. So I think the design's right. The trouble is, it's not original; it's wrong-headed, and someone should have pointed out they didn't have to do it. So I think, for me, the design it, this is a difficult one because technically I think it's all right, but they should have known better. I I go I can only give it I think a three. That's exactly what yeah. I've given him. Because I like the head, you know, yeah. but the rest of it doesn't match. I like the way the head opens up, but you keep seeing him in long shot, in, in bright studio lighting, and the person inside, um, oh, that, that is effectiveness. But design-wise, yeah. yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah I, that, I, the head's all yeah. right, the, the rest I of it the isn't. Face, yeah, the face and the head is all right, because it, it does actually look like a bit like an ant, <laughs> Which is weird because the whole point of it being called an ant is is not that it looks like an ant. So no. <laughs> I'm not sure whether there's some confusion there. But yeah, I think that the face is all right. It, it's it's weird enough that it could work. All right. So that's what he looks like. But how effective is he um, on screen? Ah, I don't think it's effective at all. Like I say, that it's quite nice that the head opens up, but that it's a little bit clunky. I I can only give it a one, oh. and that's generous, I think. Snap again. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, it is a man in a leotard, like you say. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You could have filmed this, or you probably couldn't have filmed it at the BBC at that time. But any decent production could have filmed this, so that at least you hide up some of the obvious flaws in this suit. Yeah. All right. Well, if we agree on a three for design and a one of, of, for uh, effectiveness, yep. that's an average of two. All right. Wow. So a nice, easy one for you to work out this week. Yeah, nice and easy to work out. And I've worked out already that he's in a caravan. He's yes. in number two, right? And he is with uh, the human-shaped Gelf. Okay. Yeah. Who we really didn't like. Who was Mestor? Is he the is oh, he the slug? Oh, Tim Dilemma, yeah, the slug. He's the slug, isn't he? And they'll uh, get him well, actually. The slug yeah. and the ant. The That's slug like and the, the ant. The the you know the um, falcon and the winter soldier. You can have yes, one called the, the slug, slug and the ant. And, the end. <laughs> yeah. and I think it's kind of appropriate. The dragon's got a massive head, and so has the big-headed Malice. Yes. So they Don't can compare head circumferences. The Malice, and we go. You think you got problems with a big head? Do I get a hat in this size? <laughs> Right, I'm going to neatly step over our top ten considerations. Cause yes, no it, point. No point. No point. Uh, so into behind the scenes we go, and uh, working titles for this story was Absolute Zero, 
the pyramid's treasure. <laughs> was that was that accidentally what JNT had put on value? Absolute zero. <laughs> and they went, oh. Or quality of acting from the guest stars. Yeah. yeah. Um, absolute zero, the pyramid's treasure and pyramid in space. Uh, I can see why they dropped that. It's too close to pyramids of Mars. And there's no pyramids in it. No, that, that is a good point, yeah. Um, they could have called it the pyramid of space and had that frozen pyramid ice cream stuff. Yes, yes. You could have you had know, in the bee jam. Yeah. You could have had Kane's face melt in green, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, mint chop chip. Yeah. Now, um the the melting face, yeah, it's yeah. very similar to um our uh, tot. It's tot, isn't it? Tote, Ron- yeah. tote that uh, Ronald Lacey plays in Raiders yes. of Lost Ark. And he was actually first choice to play Kane. Was he? Now, do, you I think, do you think that's why it was written in? It, it might well be, but he turned it down because at that point he had been doing an awful lot of villain roles who all usually yeah. come to a sticky end and he just was bored with it. So he said, no, thank you very much. He would have been a much, much better Kane. Mm, yeah. I think Edward Peel is just absolutely bland in the role. Yes, yeah. Um, the other two people considered, but they were both busy, uh, John Alderton... Gardy Blander, Jesus. Yeah. And David Jason. I, mm, oh, do you know what? I'm getting um, Richard Breyer's yes. vibes oh, off this. Yes. This yeah. is JNT casting. Yeah, it? yeah. you just know he's the yeah. one who was behind them. Yes. Didn't, uh, um, didn't David Jason star in A Touch of Frost? He, he played did. a detective called Frost. Oh, he? yeah. Well, there's another before connection. Or after this. <laughs> Maybe that's why he couldn't do it, because he was yeah. doing a touch of Frost. Um, now, in the original script, Glitz wasn't in it. Um, there was a different... <laughs> you surprised me. <laughs> but that, there was a similar character. He was called yeah. Razorback. And it was John Nathan Turner who recognised similarities between this new character and Glitz. So he's the one who uh, encouraged Ian Briggs to have a think about turning him to Glitz. And that's when they checked with Tony Selby. He was free. And that's why he came back as Glitz. Which is, I I think that's all right. I think that's a a decent enough um, sort of rationale behind it. And I do quite like when they bring back characters because it it does do a little bit of world building but he doesn't really bring anything to this story no no it could have been a brand new yeah yeah character called Razorback played by somebody else you uh, could you could see this character as do you know in um, the the psychic circus one where you've got the the great british hunter type character very mm-hmm. and you could see this you could see glitz being replaced by someone like that in it i've been hunting the dragon for yeah. years and I just need this just need to raise money for another expedition yeah you could have easily done it yes like yeah um I've just checked on Tony Selby he's still alive he's 83 okay. how, how, how do you feel about maybe Glitz coming back in New Who as you know as the character but yeah, I, I think that would be good oh um, but then then maybe you'd yeah. have Bonnie Langford back as well just have yeah just have reunion because ah oh, that would be good because you could have Bonnie Langford and Tony Selby as they are now, and they've they've been travelling around all this time, <laughs> bickering. I'm 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 typing yeah. in Tony Selby now. I want to see how yeah. you know tired and worn out he looks. And if he looks tired and worn out, it's like yes, perfect. it'll yeah. be perfect for somebody um, who's spent the last thirty years living with them. Um, uh, um, it could Mel. be like it could be like one foot in the grave, a new Doctor Who spin-off. 
Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, if you if you type in Tony... Try, try it now, Ian. If you type in Tony Selby now, there's a photo of him with, like, some, like, scarf around his neck and a grey jumper. And he looks like Hugh Keys burn. It's the top image when I did it. Oh, God, yeah, he does. He looks like Hugh, Hugh Keys yeah. burn. <laughs> that does not look like Sabalon Glitz to me. No, bless him. That's I mean, a lifetime of living with Mel yeah, for yeah. you. That would work, I reckon. Hmm. You yeah. could have it. Yeah, you could have it. Like I say, a, a spin-off where it's like one foot in the grave with these two old pensioners just. Sablon Glitz and Mel. Each other. Yeah. Well, you can watch that. I'll, I'll let yeah. you watch that. All right. Uh, what else have I got? Oh yes, at one point Kane was going to be called Hess. Ooh. Bit on the nose. Yeah. And that was changed because at the time Gorbachev was uh, considering releasing Rudolf yeah. Hess on humanitarian grounds, and it's like uh, maybe not then. Yeah. 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 And in Asian mythology, dragons' heads are said to contain a jewel which is commonly connected to their ability to fly, and mm. apparently that's the connection to Dragonfire because Cain wants to fly away. That's why he needs the Dragonfire. You know. Okay, tennis, All right, tennis. that's uh, behind the scenes taken care of. So I have called up our, you know, page on NeoZaz, right? Yeah. Our Doctor Who adversaries uh, listing. If, if listener, if you've missed any of our episodes, go to neozaz.com um, forward slash Doctor Who adversaries. And every episode is uh, we've ever done it is there and always will be. So I'm just going to scroll down. So we'll see if we've got. Are three duffers, all right? I, okay. I know, I know. This is one for this me. This is definitely one, yeah. Um, but I think we should place them as well, all right? So, Dragonfire for both of us first, yes. Yeah. Um, time and Arani, I think, would definitely. All right, Time and Rani. I'm going to scroll down. What do you think, listener? As we scroll down these, let me have a look. I mean, I'm not going to name all of them because I know some of these are outright classics and. Uh, yeah. We're not going to uh, disagree. Yeah, we're not. We're not going to uh, debate over where the pyramids of Mars should be in there. No, no. Uh, I'm just scrolling down to one. What about that one with the Reapers in it, with uh, Rose's dad? Oh yeah, that was bad. What the hell was that called? Father's Day. Father's Day. I'm just going to write Father's Day down. Yep. Okay. Uh, then we've got Battlefield before that. Terror of the mm, Burvoids. Right. I enjoyed that. Uh, time, was it Time Flight, the one with Monarch? Uh, oh, uh, Four to Doomsday. Four to Doomsday. That was boring, but it was. I don't think it was in the same league. No, badness, no, no, no. no. Uh, what about the episode with the Pating in it? Uh, that wasn't terrible, it wasn't was too, it? Yeah, it wasn't too bad, that. All right. It's, just... it's, it's a possible... I can't, again, I can't remember what it's called. We're terrible at modern episode titles, aren't we? They're just not memorable. Oh, yeah. what a. Oh, here, here we I'll go. Just put, put Delta and the Bannerman. Oh, God, yeah. Right, I'm going to write these down and then we'll choose three. Delta as well. And let's scroll down. Android Invasion, no. Um, the Demons, no. War Machines, no. Sea Devils, no. Uh, the Eaters of Light. Oh, that was the. Uh, oh, that was the Viking one, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, it was stupid, but it wasn't. I'd, I'd much rather watch that again than this. I yeah. Think. What about the um, the Gelf one, the Charles Dickens one? Oh, I quite enjoyed that. There were moments in that, wasn't yeah. there? 
Alright, I'm scrolling down, scrolling down. Crotons, Mavic Chen. Come on, load load up page. Come on. Well, my page is... Oh no, here we go. Uh, Tim Shaw, the the first Jodie Whittaker one, that was alright. Yeah, that was alright. The Mummy on the Orient Express, that was alright, wasn't it? Yeah, it was passable. What about the one with the werewolf in Victorian times? Did we... Did we that like was that one? crap, wasn't it? It was. I don't think it was of the same level. No. If it was a top ten, I think it might be in the, the yeah, bottom ten, I should say. This yeah. is three, though, isn't it? Yeah. Curse of Fenric, was it that not... No, we, we thought there was um, saving graces in that, didn't we? All right, I'm scrolling down. And we're, we are at the bottom. So, okay. well, I've got in mind Dragonfire, Father's Day, and Delta and the Bannerman. Right. Um, I think mine would be... Worst so far is Time and the Rani. Time and the Rani then, is the... Yeah. What happened the, in Time the, and the Rani? The second Rani one. It's Sylvester McCoy's first one. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, right, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm having a yeah. rethink, yeah. Yeah, so mine would be Time and the Rani is the worst so far, Dragonfire second worst, and I'm going to put Father's Day as the third worst, Father's because Day. Delt and the Bannerman... Uh, we we at least enjoyed watching the uh, Blake Seven uniforms. That's true, and you had the Welsh bloke in yeah. it, didn't you? Yes, he was good. Yeah, I enjoyed All it. Right. So, yeah. All right, I'm, I'm going to see go... a modern ones got in there. Yeah, I'm time in the rainy. Yes, <laughs> time in the rainy or Dragonfire. Um... Oh, oh, that's a choice. No one should have. No, no, I agree with you. Time in the rainy because of Sylvester yeah. McCoy is appalling. Yeah. Um, then drag. I'm, I'm matching you. Both of us exactly yep. the same. All right. Number one, time of the Rani. Number two, Dragonfire. Number three, Father's Day. Yeah. All right. I think that makes sense. Okay. Can anything be worse than time of the Rani? Well, it might be something next week. Mm. But before Oof. I announce what we're talking about next week, there is a small shout out. Oh, we haven't had a Doctor Who shout out for a long time. Now you're meant to go ages in a David Tennant voice. Age, or should I Age. go Ace? And jump up. <laughs> you should Wicked. have done. Yeah. Now you do that. Yeah, Cowabunga, will fall off. man. Well, the cat oh, would attack thank me. Thank God she it. never said Cowabunga. Oh, it was, I bet it was close. I bet that was in the script somewhere. Yeah, they had to edit it out. Ace skateboards in and says Cowabunga. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. All right. So, no, this comes from our Neozaz page, the page right. that I've got up on my screen right now. Um, somebody by the name of Mr. He's very formal. Mr. Mark Jacobs. I like that. I like a bit of formality. And get this, Mr. Mark Jacobs. Get this, Ian. Is it a cracker? Yes. Jacobs? Cracker. <laughs> no, uh, right. I, and he's talking about Drathro, right? Oh, right. Oh, episode yeah. about Drathro. Yeah. I remember moving this bloody thing around when I worked at the exhibitions at Longley and Blackpool. It was a very was clumsy Longley. and delicate. So it was at Longley and it was at Blackpool. And Mark had the job of moving well, him around. Well done, Mark. Um, so, Mark, if you are listening, I hope you're listening, carry on. Um, do you have any photos and stuff from when you were doing the exhibitions? Because we would love to see them on the, the Facebook page. Yeah, and if you nicked bits... Yeah, off, if, you've, if, you've, if, if you've still got... Uh, um, Bonnie Langford somewhere. <laughs> keep her. Yeah, keep her. Um, yeah. But no, if you got, yeah, if you got, if you got bits of uh, Drathro kicking about, or anecdotes, come over show. to our Facebook yeah. page, you know, and, and and share them there with us. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that's it. And thank you, Mark. By the way. Yes, uh, thank you, Mark. Very nice of you. So uh, yeah, we've got to go now, and uh, I'm going to announce the next one. 
aren't I? Yes. And, uh, um, it's um, ninth, isn't it? Ninth Doctor, eighth. yeah. We're skipping the eighth. We're in ninth. And I all not I'll say left. about this, I don't, I don't know how many clues I can give for this because what I did, I went on that you know, the Doctor Who page all okay. about monsters and, and, and villains of Doctor Who and I scrolled down to the ninth Doctor and I was okay. just going on visuals and I recognise this I, oh, adversary. I was going to say, I, I was going to do a guess without any Oh, I'm going to give you a... Oh, without yeah, any hints. Alright, yeah. you go. Is it the Jagrafess from the Simon Pegg episode? Bloody hell, how did you get it? Um, because there's not that many left no, that, that we is can true. actually choose. That is, is that true. and one other. Yeah. Uh, yes. Good, it's the Jagrafess. And as I say, I recognise it. I've watched all yeah. of the uh, Eccleston Doctors, but I, I don't remember anything about this story at all. I, I think the Jagrafess is up on the ceiling or something. Yes. Yeah, looking down at people. Because this is... Um, I think this is this the story because because there's the forgotten companion that no one ever talks about, which is Adam, um, who travelled with the doctors for a couple. Did he? Of I've forgotten him. And was so universally detested that they they get rid of him. And I think he's in this episode. Oh right, you say so Simon Pegg's in it. Yeah, Simon Pegg's in it. Oh, he's got white hair or something. Uh, yes, he's he's the because this is a it's a Mickey take on um, the the sun and the news of the world, isn't it? It's a it's a Rupert Murdoch type figure who turns out to be this bloated space alien. Oh, okay. Um, and Simon Pegg's it's like a, a play on a newspaper editor oh. of the time. Right. Um, it's interesting actually. I've only ever seen this once. Well, I have. I've, I've, I've only seen it once. It on, yeah. Yeah. I never watched it on the DVDs. Yeah. Oh. All right. Good. So there we go. Only forty-five minutes of your time to watch it. Yes. So yeah. That's the good thing about the new Who. They're usually bad, but it's one quick. It's yeah. one sitting, isn't it? Yes. It's just one sitting. Yeah. Unlike the three for this one. Sunk, yeah. yeah. Oh, that, that, Did that you was watch it all in, No, you didn't no, watch it all in No, 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 no. I, I couldn't face the third one until today. Yeah. I only watched that at about like three o'clock this afternoon. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, see you next time, folks. Jagrafess. Um, I must confess, I don't know anything about the Jagrafess. So that's very good. You can have that on a t-shirt. Yeah, it wasn't bad, was it? Yeah. That's All right. Okay, folks. Well, see you. Nice see you in seven days. All right. Thanks, Bye. Bye.